0: You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode number two. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Today on the podcast, I'll be answering the question, how can I get my teenager to be nice to me? We'll talk about why teens rebel against their parents and what supermoms can do to feel at peace during these rebellious years. I'll introduce today's supermom, Kryptonite, a secret energy drain that you might not know is making you tired, followed by a tip to reclaim your superpower and feel happy no matter how your teenager treats you. Today's question comes from Amber. She writes Dear Tori, I have a great teenager. He's hardworking, fun to be around, nice to his sister. In fact, he's nice to everyone except me. When I sit next to him on the couch, he gets up. When I try to hug him, he ducks away. The other day, he was helping his sister with her math, and I said, thank you so much for helping her. That is so sweet of you. He immediately stopped helping and walked away. Everything I say is wrong in his eyes. I just want to feel close to him and love on him, and he won't let me. I expected some teenage rebellion, but the only thing he's rebelling against is me. How can I get my teenager to be nicer to me? Well, this is a great question and a great way to start episode number two. So I'll answer first as a parent educator, and then we'll dive deep into the life coaching. So the parent educator answer is simple. A teenager's job is to fire their parent. A parent's job is to earn themselves a place at the board of directors table. It sounds like your teenager is doing his job. He is telling you, mostly through body language, That your work here is done. I don't need mommying anymore. I don't need your approval, your hugs, your attention, or anything else that makes me feel like a boy. I'm ready to stand on my own two feet, take responsibility, be a man. And I can't be that man that I want to be when I have the same relationship with you that we've always had. So he's trying to change the relationship with you, which means that your job as his parent is simply to let go there you go. Just let go. Easy, right? Easier said than done. That's where life coaching comes in handy because we really want to kind of dive deep. And so like, why can't I let go? How do I let go? What's that supposed to look like? Why do I have resistance around it? And so we want to take a look at what am I making it mean that he pulls away from me? So I want you just to imagine for a minute that there's another mom out there in the world who has a teenager who. He stands up when she sits down on the couch. He pulls away when she tries to hug him. He tells her that she's all wrong all the time. Can you imagine that there's another mom out there who might not be bothered by this? They might think, finally, some time to myself or woohoo, he doesn't want me around. You know what? I don't really want him around. (laughs) There's a lot of different ways to react to the same situation. The reason that this is bothering you is because of what you're making it mean. What are you making it mean that he does those things? And what is the feeling that's coming up for you that you're trying not to feel? Well, in this situation, Amber, it sounds like you're feeling annoyed and frustrated just from the way you wrote the letter. It You sound easily annoyed, which I get it. That's kind of my default emotion too. I think we all have that kind of a default emotion that's like really easy for us to go to. And mine is definitely frustration and annoyance. But on the flip side of that, there's often an emotion that we try really hard not to feel. In this case, the emotion you might be resisting that's coming up for you is sadness. That possibly what you're making your son's behavior mean is I'm losing him. And the feeling you're trying not to feel is sad. Now, some people have no trouble with sadness. Some people indulge in sadness. But my hunch is... For Amber in this situation, she doesn't want to think about losing her baby boy. And every time he pulls away, she clings on tighter. She feels more and more vulnerable as she tries to control something she has no control over. She thinks, if he would just be nice to me, then I wouldn't have to feel insecure, right? Like we think, if he could just be nice, then I could feel happy and feel peaceful and relax. But every time he's rude, She doesn't just say like, oh, okay, he's being a teenager. This is bothering her because the thought is coming up that I'm losing him or it's never going to be the same. And so she's putting her power to feel secure and happy in the hands of her rebellious teenager. And I can't tell you how common this is. We do this all the time. So here he is trying to distance himself from her, but the more he pulls away, the tighter she holds on, all because she's trying to avoid this feeling of sadness. But the feeling of sadness is coming from the thought, I'm losing him, or something like that, right? It's never going to be the same. I don't know what the thought is, but it's going to be something, my hunch is, that it's causing her to feel sad. So the solution isn't to make him nicer, but to acknowledge the truth of what's happening here. You are losing your little boy. The relationship that you had with him will never be the same. And it's okay to grieve the loss of the wonderfully close relationship that you had with him. This isn't to say that you won't have a relationship with them in the future. It's just that relationship as you knew it, you as the parent, him as the boy, will never return. It's just time for the relationship to evolve. Right now, you can't say or do anything right because of the energy you're bringing to him. It's so one-sided. It's kind of like, it doesn't matter how great you are. It doesn't matter what you say, how right you are, how kind, how helpful, how intelligent. Nobody wants to agree with their stalker. (laughs) You could be the most perfect mom on the planet, but It just feels like there's this, the stalker, right? Like this puppy dog, which is like, hug me, love me, be nice to me, please, you know, give me something. And it just forces him to pull equally as strongly in the other direction. So the way to get your son to be nicer is to pull your energy way back to grieve the loss of the relationship that you had, to recognize yourself for the good work you did. I mean, this is kind of a culmination. You said he's, you know, hardworking, he's happy, he's nice to his sister even. I mean, come on, that's a victory. So you want to recognize yourself for the, all the good work that you've done and treat yourself to like a vacation or a spa day or something as like a thank you for all the hard work that you did in raising him. Give yourself a certificate, a trophy, something to signify that your job here is done. And it's time to change the power dynamic from you as the authority, the approver, the holder of wisdom and Lower yourself to meet him at the same level so that both you and your son are creating a new relationship more on an equal playing field where you're both learning, you're both imperfect, you're both growing and changing. So I have three tips to help you let go of your teen so that he doesn't need to push you away and so that he will be nicer because he doesn't feel like he has to fight so hard to have that kind of independent energy. The first tip is my kind of system I've got with a, I work with a lot of my clients who are letting go of their teenagers is this love more care less approach. Okay? When kids are little, love and care go hand in hand. Care involves feeding, clothing, hygiene. How do they spend their free time? How are they doing in school? Really taking kind of ownership sometimes and pride in your child's accomplishments. Kind of this really uh, kind of enmeshed system of care and love going hand in hand. As they approach adolescence and grow through adolescence, we need to separate out so teens need to be able to care for themselves so learning how to separate love and care is a really crucial milestone for super moms okay they want to be teenagers want to feel like an adult they want to feel like they can take care of their own needs and so when mom says uh, you know how are you how was school today how was your test did you brush your teeth you need to go to bed on time you, and kind of this person is like, I have the wisdom and the authority and I need to check in and make sure that you're being responsible online and make sure you, you know, say thank you to your grandma for that gift she sent. And we just kind of like monitor them. It feels very stifling to a teenager and to us it feels like we're loving them like of I'm but I'm just trying to check in and make sure he's doing what he's supposed to be doing and that love and care are the same but then as they grow older we need to separate so that they can feel like they can care for themselves but we can increase the love as we decrease the care and that looks like oh I love you with your imperfections I love you, even though you haven't brushed your teeth for three days. <laughs> I love you, even though you're making really unhealthy food choices. So we care less about the details of what they're wearing, what they're eating, what they're, how they're talking to their friends, their relationships, their online business, care less about one as we increase the love and appreciation for who they are right now in this stage of their life. It's a tricky thing to do, but it's tip number one. Tip number two is, what would I say to a roommate? Okay, because you are cohabitating with your teenager. And so you want to think about, would I say this to a roommate? Let's say your son gets in the car from school and you're like, hey, how was school today? How did you do on your test? You might ask a roommate, how'd your test go? How did you do? But you probably wouldn't ask your roommate, did you study for that test? It's a very subtle difference, but this question of like would I say that to a roommate can help you move out of stalkery, clingy, mommy I need <laughs> mommy mode that I need you to be nice to me in order for me to feel good. It helps you kind of let go of that because we don't tend to do that with our roommates. We don't need our roommates to love us and be kind to us and nice to us in order for us to be happy. I mean, it's a great bonus. But there's a different level of need and energy underneath that. So in your question that you said, you mentioned about how your son was helping his sister with her math. If that was a roommate, if your son was a roommate, you probably wouldn't say, thank you so much for helping your sister with her math. Because in a way, you're kind of taking a little bit of, like, he's doing that for you. Like, I get some benefit out of that. He wasn't that. He was coming from a clean energy of wanting to help his sister, or he just likes to help. But when you kind of stepped into the middle of it, it made it a little icky for him. And so you wouldn't, Ask that if a roommate, you wouldn't say thank or take credit. You wouldn't say thank you so much for helping your sister with her math. You might say, Oh, that's so nice of you. You're such a nice person. You're so great for helping your sister with her math. And so it's just a very subtle difference. You might ask your roommate to take out the trash, but you wouldn't get weepy if she didn't feel like hugging you. Okay, so this is just a little way we can use to kind of monitor ourselves and help us transition and evolve our relationship from what it has been to what we want it to be where he wants to be in relationship with you and doesn't need to pull back so hard. The third tip to helping you let go of your teens is to ask the question, who am I if I'm not his mom? Because what a lot of why we cling and hold on so tightly to the how things have been is because it's really a bit of an identity crisis for moms who've gone all in on parenting and we've been super involved and you know, our lives get hijacked, for lack of a better word, by soccer tournaments and football games and cheerleading and volleyball and all these like activities and sports. And we become really involved. All our vacations evolve around what do the kids want to do? What would they enjoy? And it really can take over our own identity of who we are without parenting our kids. So think about How the lives of your parents changed after you moved out of the house. Because very often that's what creates our picture of our future when our kids move out. We assume it's going to kind of be like our parents experienced. If that's something that looks appealing to you, then great. You've got a vision of fun times ahead. If not, if that doesn't look appealing to you, then you're probably going to cling even tighter to how things were and to your son and not wanting him to grow up. A really helpful place for moms who want to let go is to create a vision for yourself separate from your role as mom, but a positive one, a happy one, something you're excited and looking forward to. Because the thought for super moms who've been very involved, the thought of not being wanted or needed in the same way can send us into panic mode. (laughs) So you want to grieve the loss of what was. Create a vision of yourself and your future that excites you. Do you want to have more time for creative projects, more time for outdoor adventure, maybe traveling, maybe learning a new skill, taking on a new challenge, pushing yourself to play bigger in your life? Maybe you're really happy with the direction your life is in, your career is in, and you just want to turn the volume up and like play even bigger. Maybe you want to recapture some things that you did before you had kids that you really liked and you want to look back and and go, what what can I bring forward that I used to enjoy that I haven't had time for? Maybe it's finding more time for girlfriends and spending more time with people who maybe your kids don't get along, but you really like them. (laughs) You know, sometimes our friendships change based on what our kids are into and the the. You know, moms of people whose kids we our kids get along with. So, who do I like and would like to spend more time with that really is separate from the kids and has nothing to do with them? So, the best way to let go of our role as mom is to stop thinking about being proud of your teenager, and to instead to think about how can I live in a way that makes my teenager proud of me. Today's Supermom Kryptonite, the secret energy drain that you might not know is making you tired, is when we try not to feel a feeling. When an emotion bubbles up for us and we try to avoid it, oh my goodness, does that exhaust us? It's kind of like pushing a beach ball underwater. You can do it. You can hold that beach ball underwater. It's not that hard. But over time, it gets exhausting. It's really tiring. And sometimes when it does come up to the surface, it kind of explodes up to the surface a lot louder than it would have if we had just allowed ourselves to feel that feeling. And most of us don't learn the skill of Feeling a feeling. It's so simple. But emotions really just means energy in motion. So an emotion is meant to move through the body. If you watch a dog uh, who experiences something like an attack or something scary, and then they shake, they shake it off. And then they move past it, right? They they don't hold on to it. That's kind of how we're supposed to do it, too, is we experience a negative emotion. We feel it all the way through to its completion. And we notice where in the body we feel it the strongest. Does it feel like tension in our shoulders? Does it feel like a pit in our stomach? and you just breathe and you allow it to move through you. It takes 90 seconds for the brain to process an emotion. If we could keep our full attention on it, but that's the tricky part is we spend a lifetime avoiding it. I don't want to think that I don't want to feel that I'm going to pre- pretend it's not there. I'm going to distract myself change, change you know my focus and just push it down underwater. If you can Allow the emotion to be there and just notice what it feels like. It feels like a tightening in my solar plexus. It feels like a rope, a knot. And you're just going to ask yourself, like, what color is it? What texture is it? Does it make a sound? And these questions, as you ask them, don't really matter. They're really just designed to help keep your attention on the feeling. And the more you can allow yourself to do that, the more freedom you have. Because the worst thing that's ever going to happen to you is a negative emotion. And if you know how to process negative emotions and that it only takes 90 seconds, then you are fearless. You don't have to feel afraid because you know that if something bad happens, you can just process it and allow it. If you spent a lifetime like I sure did, and a lot of us do, trying not to feel feelings, then there's this very narrow margin of life experiences you get to have. You know, we don't get to pick and choose which emotions we feel. We don't get to just decide like, well, I only want to feel happy and excitement and peace, but I don't want to feel sadness, anger, disappointment, embarrassment, shame. It doesn't really work that way. You really have to embrace the full spectrum of emotions and allow yourself to feel whatever comes up. You know, maybe you do something that is embarrassing to you. Maybe you drop the ball and you feel disappointed in yourself. You feel embarrassed. If you can allow yourself to feel, well, well, what does embarrassment feel like? It feels like heat in my cheeks. I feel uh, like I want to curl up into a ball. And you just breathe and allow yourself to notice what embarrassment feels like. Then you're free to take risks to put yourself out there and try new things. And it it's so worthwhile. I call it emotional mastery. And it is definitely something to worth spending your time on. It gives you so much more energy. But I have another super mom power boost besides feeling your feelings today. Your super mom power boost of the day is to use your creativity or at least use your imagination to create what you want. So many of us spend so much time imagining what we don't want. We imagining, you know, losing our child and being sad in this empty house and us being, you know, kind of this boring life with some, all about loss and loneliness, why not use your imagination to create what you actually want to experience and start really purposefully crafting that picture in your mind of a vibrant life, an exciting life, a fun life that you want to create. And so you have creativity inside you, and you have this great tool called your imagination. Let's use it to create a future that you can be really excited about. Today's quote for the day comes from Stephen Covey. He says, Live out your imagination, not your history. And I will love you and leave you. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends.